Welcome back to Pastor Tim's message entitled Home Training from Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 1 through 9. This section of Deuteronomy is so important. Little Jewish children learn the repeatable refrain called the Shema in this passage. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And where were they to learn this important truth? At home. From mom and dad, being trained at home to be a follower of Christ is of utmost importance. And we can apply these ways of Jewish home training to Christian homes today. Here's Pastor Tim. You love him preeminently. You love him personally. You love him powerfully. He says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and then also with all of your might. It takes work to love the Lord. It does. It doesn't come natural and it doesn't come easy. We tend to, to, to not go to extremes and yet just kind of hang out in the middle a little bit. You know, we, we don't like to talk about ideals that are black and white. We'd rather talk about things that are gray. Jesus said there's nothing worse than a lukewarm heart. The Bible says that when he drank of the lukewarm water that he vomited it out of his mouth. He's not talking about water, is he? He's talking about the heart condition of people. Don't be lukewarm. Warm your children up toward the things of God. Teach them how to have a hot heart towards God and toward His church. The only way that you can do that is for you to have that as well. You love the Lord your God that way. Home is where families listen to the Lord. Home is where families Love the Lord. Number three, home is where families learn from the Lord. It's where they learn from the Lord. In order to get these commands, remember how many times he talked about commandments and obeying those commandments and following those commandments? The only way to get those things off of the paper and off of the ideas and into your heart, and that's what he says, right? He says, these things I command you today in your heart. That's where they shall be, right? How do you get them in there? You get them in there by reading, by studying, by yielding yourself to the will of God. Look at that verse. It's in verse number 6. He says, These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. And then look at what he says in verse number 7. You... You, parents, you shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you are in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You are to teach your children those things. Do you notice that phrase that he says in there? He says, to teach them diligently. In the Hebrew, it's only one word. It's a word that means to sharpen. To sharpen. Like you take a whetstone and you sharpen the blade. You are sharpening the blade of your children. You're allowing them to be sharp through their knowledge. You're allowing them to be sharp through their experience. You're teaching them how to be sharp 
and the application of God's Word to whatever situation that they will find themselves at at school or at church or anywhere else. No wonder we talk so much around here about passing it on from this generation to the next generation. That's why it's important to have your children, to have your grandchildren, to be able to come and to worship with you and to be able to talk about those things later. Those teachable moments are coming and you're going to have to learn how to seize them. How do you teach them? Let me give you these four things. Number one, teach them with instruction. With instruction. Moses says first that you talk about the things of God when you sit in your house. What's he talking about? He's talking about formal teaching. Sit down, listen up, I have a lesson that I need to teach you. And you need to teach them about God. You need to teach them about basic doctrines. You need to teach them about the importance of church attendance. You need to teach them the importance of singing. You need to teach them the importance of praying. You need to teach them the importance of giving. You need to teach them the importance of reading their Bible. You need to teach them the importance of faithfulness. You have to teach them all of those things. You know what you don't have to teach your children? You don't have to teach them how to lie. You don't have to teach them how to cheat. You don't have to teach them how to disobey in any way. They have a natural bent in that direction. But you want to straighten them little sticks? (laughs) You teach them. You teach them formally with instruction. How did Jesus say that we were to fulfill the Great Commission? He says, by teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. All right? Number two, teach them with instructions, but two, teach them with interaction. With interaction, he says, not only when you sit in your house, but he said, when you walk by the way. If sitting down in the house is formal teaching, walking by the way is informal teaching. It's you. Maybe, I mean, maybe it is walking down the road. Maybe it's not. Maybe you are like Andy and Opie and you got your fishing poles, right? And you talk about things. Boy, what an incredibly powerful way for a father to pass along instructions to his sons. What a powerful way for moms to be able to teach those lessons to their daughters informally, walking down the way. Maybe you are fishing. Maybe you are shooting basketball. Maybe you are jogging. Maybe you are in the kitchen baking. Maybe you are planting flowers. Maybe you are doing a number of things together. You take on that teachable moment that God's given you in that moment with your family. Number three, there are four of them. Teach them with impression. With impression. You know, the old saying is is that some things are better caught than taught, right? Because if if you are teaching them something formally, even if you're teaching them something informally, but your actions are not consistent, they're not going to believe those lessons. So he says, you teach them with impression. You impress this upon them. He says... 
to teach them when they lie down in bed at night. You know how your mind churns at night? Thinking about all the things that either that you've been through on that day or the things that you know are coming up tomorrow. Your children do the same thing. Only they've also got monsters in the closet that they have to deal with. They're thinking about all kind of stuff. So when they lie down, impress upon them something more important than the dust bunnies under the bed. Impress upon them what they need to have in their heart and in their mind, what they need to catch from you. The word impress means to cut into. It means to deeply embed something. In this case, it's the truth. It's like the footprint that you leave behind in the wet sand. You want to leave your mark on those children. You want to leave the truth with them. All right, number four. Teach them with instilling. With instilling. I mean, talk about something better caught than taught. This certainly is it. I mean, it's one thing to teach them formally. It's one thing to teach them informally. It's one thing to lie down with them at night. Man, if you're, if you're, still, if you're in that groove where you still get to tuck them into bed or lay down the bed with them and read them some stories, I'm going to tell you something. That part of life goes by way too fast. You better take advantage of it. All right, let me keep going. He says, not only what they think about when they're going to bed, that you need to leave an impression for them. But you need to instill in them what they need to be thinking about. Notice what he says. When they rise up. When they rise up. What's the very first thing that's on their mind when they rise up? What's the first thing on your mind when you rise up? We need to be thinking about those things that belong to the Lord. If you want to teach your children how to live life convictionally and biblically, it's going to happen in those kind of moments. By the way, sometimes, especially when we talk about reading our Bible every day, people will say, well, when when should I do that? You know? And most often people will say, you probably should read your Bible in the mornings. If you're like me, though, man, I am not a morning person. It It takes me a minute, you know? I remember one time I was a kid, my eyes, I, you know, I woke up that next morning, my eyes were matted shut. You ever had that happen? I thought I was blind. You know, when I, mean, I did, I'm screaming out for my dad, I'm blind, I'm blind. You know, he comes in there and he's got, he's got the kind of mercy that I have. So he looked at me and he said, well, then just open them harder. <laughs> I'm still kind of there, really. But those very first things, and they matter. They matter. Remember that little girl I told you about that said, I've been reading my Bible. It's almost like God knows what I'm going through. You know what she told me one day? She said, my bedroom's upstairs. And she said, every morning I come down the stairs and I never go all the way down to the bottom. I usually go and I sit like on the second or third stair. Because in the living room, just around the corner, Every day is my dad. And every day he's reading the Bible. And every day he's praying. And some days I just sit there and I listen to him pray about me. 
Dad, you want to instill something in your children? Why don't you try that? Try it. Home is where we learn about the Lord. Number four. I want you to know that home is where families live for the Lord. Where they live for the Lord. If you're expecting them to live out their convictions, if you're expecting them to live in obedience to the Word of God out there in the real world, then teach them how to do it. Teach them how to do it at home. Look, if you will, in verse number 8. He says, you shall bind them. What's the, what's the them? The them are those commandments. They're those things that we are to obey. It's God's Word, right? He says, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they, what's that? Not your hands. The Word of God. He says that they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. <laughs> Anybody have trouble knowing what a frontlet is? Well, in sort of one of the more modern translations, the Bible just simply says, let them be a symbol on your forehead. All right, so spring training has started. I got my red hat with a white finned C, and it sits right there on my forehead. What's that there for? It's not really there for me. It's so that anybody else will know who I root for. It's so that anybody else will know where my loyalties lie. What's he saying? He's saying, let the Word of God be so observable in your life that people know where your loyalties lie. That they know who you root for. That they know what you live for. And then look at verse number 9. He says, write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Write those things everywhere so that everybody in the neighborhood knows whose you are. From time to time, this verse gets posted on people's doors at home. It gets posted outside. It gets posted inside. And boy, it's the right kind of verse too. As for me and my house... We shall serve the Lord. That's a decision that you have to make. Former President George H.W. Bush was interviewed and he was asked the question, what is your greatest accomplishment in life? Man, George H.W. Bush could have said a number of things. He could have talked about being a Navy pilot in World War II. He could have talked about being the director of the CIA. He could have talked about being an ambassador to China. He could have talked about serving as vice president under Ronald Reagan for two terms. He could have talked about being, being the 41st person in America to serve as president of the United States. George H.W. Bush answered that question. What is your greatest accomplishment in life? He said, my greatest accomplishment is my children. That's what John said. John, John the Apostle wrote, he said, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth. 
The joy of your life as a parent better not be that your kid finally got a good job, a good paying job. The greatest bragging point of your life better not be that your kids have finally moved out and found somebody to live with for the rest of their life. Both of those things are great. But it can't be the greatest. Don't you want your greatest joy to be to know that your children walk in truth? Then teach them truth. Let's pray. I want to ask you right now, right where you are, to pray for your children, for your grandchildren. Pray for them. You know what they're going through better than anybody else. And they may not think you have one foggy clue about what they're going through. But you pray for them. You pray for the Spirit of God to have control in their life. For them to have not the moral courage, but the Spirit-empowered spiritual courage to stand up for Jesus when nobody else will. Teach them to do right even when right comes with a cost. It may be that right now in the very quiet part of this moment that you whisper to your child right now And you ask them, do you you really know for sure that you've given your heart to Jesus? Don't be embarrassed to ask them that. Because truth be told, they ought to turn around and ask you, do you know for sure? Do you? Teach them. Listen, I want you to come to the front. I want you to come to the altar. I want you to come to me. But the truth of the matter, Dad, is that right where you sit, when your child answers that and says, I'm not sure, and you ask them, do they want to? You can ask them to pray a prayer like this. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that my sins have separated me from you. And I don't want to be separated from you. Jesus, I believe that you love me. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. Jesus, I believe that you came back to life, that you were raised from the dead. And that you offer me forgiveness. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me and be the boss of my life. Make sure you get the gratitude in there. Tell them, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Can you do that? You can. Will you do that? Let's see. Father, We give you these moments asking that your spirit would have absolute freedom.
This is your altar. This is where we come, not to be seen, but to sacrifice. To sacrifice ourselves before you. To sacrifice our agendas, our preferences, our priorities, our wants, our needs even. To surrender and to yield to you utterly and completely. Father, I pray that your spirit and mighty power would move on the hearts of people to do that very thing. Bless these moments. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand where you are if you will. Altar's open. It's for you to use. I'm going to wait for you. I want to help you if I can. Okay? If you want to sing, sing. If you want to pray, pray. If you need to you need to talk to somebody, talk to them. It's okay. All right, John. This year at Brit David, we would like to challenge you to join us in reading through the Bible in a year. It is never too late to start. This is a great and rewarding way to start your day or finish your day. If you would like a copy of the reading plan, you can request a copy at church office at BritDavid.org. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.